as he's looking at it, he looked at his map and he looked at mine and he goes, hey, the picture on the front is different. Wait, what? Yeah, the picture on the front's different. So I looked it up. My map had the copyright on it from 1997, which is the year before I graduated high school. We can wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Link. Hey, 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 cowboy! Cowboy, I'm the I'm I'm the farthest thing from cowboy. I'm not Michael Drake. No, we got to have him on and talk ranching. Actually, actually, message us, everybody, if you want to hear about ranching. Uh, <laughs> it is outdoor, but it's ranching. I it could be. It'd be a fun one. It'd be a fun it'd be one. Good to see Mike. It'd be good to see Mike. It would, it would. Um, no, but but speaking of, of dirty ranchers, no. Um, I'm I'm going out. I was thinking, I was watching these documentaries, man, and and like crazy. Smithsonian channel, I got Paramount Plus. Well, Thea got Paramount Plus, <laughs> and I locked into it because I ran out of other things to watch, and I've just been binge watching the Smithsonian documentary about like American history and this and that and Air Force One and yeah, all this crazy cool stuff. And I got into this documentary about the Battle of Little Bighorn. And this guy makes a comment, and you can tell it's based on his research, correct? Where, where by how the verbiage and how it is written comes out when he, he's talking about the bison, the American bison, and he calls it the Walmart of the Plains. And that is a native term coined for the for the bison because that's kind of the way they explained it to remember it in history kind of nowadays right but also the joke that a lot of natives go to walmart to get their shit so like it's kind of the the two worlds and really only natives get it where like in this documentary he doesn't get it and how he says it but it also makes me question because it's the smithsonian they're getting some government stuff when they're doing this research on the bison. And I did some bison research working for the BLM in a documentary in 2017. And this one's after that. Did you get it from me? The Walmart of the Plains. Cause I threw that in there because you don't see that on a lot of videos or documentation about the bison. Let me know at the Rougarou Smithsonian. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I really I, I doubt that but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean good for you good for you I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you can think that <laughs> no it's good it's it's all in good fun it's a good documentary on Battle Little Bighorn um, I think they still give Custer too much and they, they, they still give little credit to the natives still kind of thinking they're savages and these people that didn't have economies and, and treaties and, and their own governments, you know, like, you gotta remember that. These are normal people. But did you see, going to the, our other native friends out there on the islands in Hawaii, this is, this is our luck. Oh, yeah. The lava stops like a couple days a week or so before we go to Hawaii 
all summer long, no, like, no volcano, no nothing. And then it erupts! Yeah. That's just, that's just bad timing that it erupts. I remember you sent me the text, and you just said the volcano erupted. And I actually, my first thought was like, I feel like if Yellowstone erupted, it would have been a little bit bigger than like the volcano erupted. <laughs> and so I was like, what volcano are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God. No, we gotta, we gotta have a code like the volcano. Maybe that is it because this volcano is already erupted. But when I, I see, I'll, if the big tsunami comes, right. I'll send you a text. It'll literally just be good game. Just good game. And I'll send when, when Yellowstone blows. I'm over here in Montana because we're gone. But we got, we'll get like half hour, hour over here in Billings. Like before, like I'll hit the road in the Rougarou. Like we'll be headed. Well, where should I head? Because you'll be safe on the West Coast. <laughs> but you'll get the volcano erupted and you'll know what it means. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's a super, super bummer that we did. You see where it is at, too, like the location. No, kind of close to where we were staying. Damn, yeah, so yeah. super bummer. It's like two miles from Volcano House, really. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> that's a you know, that's nature, though. You can't pick what you see in nature. Yeah, yeah, that's why they some people call it nature, you know, because it's neat nature. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But we got some neat stuff for you guys. Um, you know, big shout out to one of our pals in the community, everyday backpacker, for coming on for an interview today. Just phenomenal stuff. He talks about his wonderful trip down into Bighorns. And like I said, listen, go back to some of our, our early, early stuff that sucks. And uh, I talk about the bighorns because I go down there and just the way Calman speaks of them. Woo. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, it's a good one. We got our good friend Calman, the Everyday Backpacker on. Uh, make sure you do check out his YouTube channel, Everyday Backpacker, uh, where you can see videos of the stuff that he talks about today. Um, he talks about some of his videos and stuff. Uh, check out his Instagram everyday underscore backpacker uh there's a little little bit of a hiccup between the two different so make sure instagram's everyday underscore backpacker youtube just everyday backpacker make sure you go and check him out he's got good stuff he talks about some of it today so maybe you'll get a taste and then check it out that works too but anyways here is our good friend uh, swag Love it. Anyways, we are back, and we brought back our good friend, our fellow wanderer, the everyday backpacker, Calman. Thank you so much for coming back on a second time. We got the two-timer here. My pleasure, gentlemen. Good to be back. Yeah, exciting stuff. I, You know, you've just been busy, which I've, I've seen, and I've been meaning to just catch up with you, but, like, life, man, you become an adult, and you just, I swear to God, you just become busy. I'm more bored. busy. Yeah. <laughs> what really sucks is when you hit the 40 year mark. Like I hit 42 years ago and my level of cranky old madness like ratcheted up about tenfold. <laughs> so 
I'm about yeah. like solid six months away from sitting out in the front yard with his cane going, get off my lawn. <laughs> I, you know, I'm kind of there already. So I'm, 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 I'm interested to see where I'm at when I'm 40. <laughs> Hopefully not too far, but yeah, you've been looking like you've been doing some, uh, some awesome adventures following along on the YouTube, um, this summer. So, uh, we kind of just want you to go into those, <laughs> those adventures. Yeah, uh, I was able to get a few things in. Uh, admittedly, it was less than I planned. Um, unfortunately, these wildfires created a lot of this stuff called smoke. And um, as much as I love backpacking, uh, I don't feel love in feeling like I uh, smoked an entire uh, carton of cigarettes afterwards. Uh, so a couple of planned trips didn't happen. We were still able to get out and do some pretty awesome stuff I was pretty excited about. So um we did uh, the first trip of the season. A buddy of mine and I went up to Elk Lake um, for an overnighter. And that was the first time I got to try out my new top quilt, which I am pretty was pretty stoked about. Um, the second trip we had was supposed to be four days. Um, unfortunately, even though this year was one of the driest, warmest on record for Montana, we picked the one weekend where it snowed, rained, and um, oh froze uh, in Red Lodge. Uh, so we made it up to um, uh, Lake Mary, which is above Quinnabal Meadows. And it's a pretty easy hike back with like the last mile and a half is like two or 3,000 feet of elevation, just like straight up. And um, it was raining halfway all the way there and it rained while we were at the bottom and then it, we dried out during the climb up. And so we thought, all right, well, we're up here. It's dry now, set up camp. And then all night long and all the next day, it just rained oh. and nasty. And we were supposed to climb a mountain that was all grass, which would not be very easy to do if it was wet. And uh, one of the guys in our group, a couple of guys were newer backpackers. Um, and one of them uh, sitting around the campfire or the um, breakfast uh, area, uh, shortly after he melted part of his cook set with a stove accidentally, decided he's like, you know, what sounds really good right now is pizza and beer. <laughs> and all of our morale was at a point where we we're like, yeah. Yeah, no, that does sound a lot better. Uh, so we we packed up and we headed down. I know the feeling. <laughs> Me and Mark have had a few of those where it's like, you do the leg of the hike almost. You're like, oh, that's it? Well, let's go home and try something else tomorrow because, like, I don't want to camp at night and then hike out of here when we just hike out now and do more later. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, the ironic thing was, is even though it was snowing and raining constantly the entire time, we were in a fire band. So we couldn't have a campfire. Uh -huh. And it was kind of up in the side of this mountain. It was just like, this sucks. Let's go uh, down. Yeah. So we went down to Red Lodge. We'd stopped in the Red Lodge Pizza Company, got a bunch of pizza and some beer, and then we bar hopped. And it was still fun. It just wasn't a backpacking trip. I mean, I get that. You know, we've had many of them. We had a... Uh couple glacier trips like that where that we, we like to do it right after the 4th of July and some seasons it's still wet and rainy up there because um, mm -hmm. that's still springtime in a sense in the mountains and we we've had that where you know hey we're not doing that today because it's downpour <laughs> it's like sorry well like we mentioned in the last one you know the mountains are notorious for uh you can't predict the weather uh the weather is predicted to be beautiful and sunny and dry the entire time it, it was nuts. It was miserable. So, yeah, especially when mountains make their own weather. Um, another question I had for you: You said on the first trip you tried out a top quilt, or what? A quilt? Yeah. Uh, 
what's it called? What's it for? I was curious. So it's uh, it's a basically another take on a sleeping bag. In, in essence, it's a non-hooded, non-zippered sleeping bag. Okay. Of course, the idea behind all backpacking equipment is how can we make it as small and light as, as possible while still being functional? And so a top quilt is, I think most people hear quilt, they think of like this, the thing you throw on your bed. Yeah. In this case, a top quilt is essentially a, a sleeping bag. So it has a, a closed toe box um, from about the knees down. So it's a regular like sleeping bag toe box. But then the bottom half of it is, is cut up along the back. And there's no hood like a mummy bag has. And what it basically does is there's two, uh, three straps on the back. And two of those straps go around your pad. And the third one kind of keeps everything together. And so in essence, you have this, because um, the heaviest part of any sleeping bag is its zipper. Zippers are pretty, pretty heavy. Um, and so... What this does is it allows for having that completely enclosed feel, um, still rated to 26 degrees, and uh, but because it doesn't have a zipper, basically the open side of it is between you and the pad. Um, uh -huh. So you sleep on top of it because when you sleep on top of a sleeping bag, um, the insulation that's underneath you, it doesn't do anything. Um, so when you compress insulation, it doesn't trap any air and so it's useless. All your insulation underneath you comes from the pad so what they essentially did was they cut the middleman out and then just took the bottom half of the sleeping bag off. And so it kind of wraps around you and it allows for it to be relatively lightweight. So it's about half the weight of my sleeping bag. It's 19 ounces oh, wow. um, and compacts down to about that big. Oh, wow. Um, so you gain a lot more size and stuff. Uh, it's not like sleeping in a sleeping bag. I mean, if you roll over, uh, toss, turn a lot, you can occasionally... Uh, break the seal, so to speak, and get a little bit of a cold draft. Um, but I, I love it. It's worked out really well. I'm going to do a review on it here soon since I used it. I did an uh, introductory to it, but I hadn't used it yet. Um, so this will be a review on how it ended up working for me. Um, but, you know, there are some unique aspects to it. Like I said, it doesn't have a hood. So if it's a cold night, you have to find a way to cover your head. I had to buy basically a separate hood that kind of snapped in the front um, and kind of lived on its own there. So um, but it was a really cool, uh, investment and, uh, I use it the entire summer and, and I have mm -hmm. a feeling it's going to just end up replacing my sleeping bag because my sleeping bag is rated to 20 degrees. So unless it's really cold or below 26 degrees, I, I probably won't even use the sleeping bag anymore. Well, that's good. I, I know you're very big on the weight that you're backpacking around, um, just because of the items and stuff you may bring. Um, I guess what, how, what all is in your backpack then when you really, cause you, you have it down to a T I've noticed on your videos. Like you will say, here's how much my bag weighs, here's what's in it. But like, what, I guess if, what are the necessities, like your sleeping bag and all that? And what, I guess, how much does it weigh for you? So the, the, the foundation of any backpacking um, gear is, is what we call the big three, which is going to be your pack. Um, your sleep system, which is going to be your tent uh, or hammock or whatever you use, and your pad and your sleeping bag uh, or whatever combination you use. And then, uh, well, I guess the third one would be the tent. So the, the sleeping bag and the tent. So those are considered the big three, pack, sleeping bag, tent. But really, basically, um, you need everything that you would need to go down you know, the trip. And some people, if they're going with a group, um, like to um, share some of the gear. But generally speaking, myself and the guys I hike with, we all just like to be kind of independent. And so we're constantly carrying basically everything that we would need to be able to hike by ourselves. 
Um, and as I tell people who are getting into backpacking, you carry the same amount of gear for an overnight as you do a trip along the Pacific Crest Trail. The difference is going to be in consumables, food, fuel, water, that kind of stuff. And you're really carrying just about everything that you need in order to, to exist at, in the backcountry. So, um, you know, a pack, sleeping bag, um, shelter, um, your cook system, so stove, pot, utensils, uh, clothing, um, which is a lot less than most people think that you need um, because after a while you just have to embrace the, the stink. And, uh, you know, um, an insulative layers, uh, food, water, water treatment, some way to clean the water. Um, and then kind of what we would call like the basic essentials or whatever that may be for one person. So um, map, compass, um, headlamp, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, repair kit, you know, uh, and everybody has a different setup. You know, there are, um, you know, people who like to have the, the big heavier setups that, uh, you know, they're kind of the weekend warrior and they're not really too worried about the weight. Um, and, uh, you know, and you know, the more the merrier, I guess. And then you have the other end of that, which is the ultra lighters, which are the guys that are pushing the on guys and gals that are pushing the envelope as far as they can. Mark and right these there. These guys uh -huh. are getting down into insane uh, weight categories. Um, the base weight we usually refer to is everything minus your food and water and fuel, the consumables. And their base weights, they're getting down into like eight and 10 pounds. Whoa. Um, now, mind you, getting down into those categories, you're really shaving off your margin of, of error. So like if I was going to go on a trip on the PCT where things are fairly controlled and consistent, I can get away with carrying less stuff. If I'm going to go on a trip up in like the Beartooth, so I'm going to be off trail and things like that, and the temperatures can vary greatly. Um, you know, those guys are carrying a lot less gear in the desert than they're carrying in the Sierras. So their pack weight is changing throughout their trip. Uh, just as I carry, I have to carry a little bit more um, to, to do in the back, the bear tooth, because as I found out this summer, um, it can be expected to be in the, you know, 70s and clear. And next thing you know, it's 42 degrees and, and sleeting on you. Um, so the less gear you have, yeah, it's going to be lighter, but your margin of error is going to be a little bit different. And that's where the skill set comes in. You can get really light if you know what you're doing. But if you're really new to the backpacking, going the ultralight route can really kind of get you in a, a, into a little bit of a bind. For me, um, I've never considered myself an ultralighter. I am trying to get my weight down. Um, you know, and I have the advantage of working at a shop. I'm around gear constantly. Uh, I have gotten, so um, I don't know what my base weight is currently. Um, but I can tell you my pack at the beginning of the six day trip I went on. So that was, we had seven days worth of food. Um, my entire seven days worth of food, uh, two liters of water, all of my fuel and everything. My total pack weight was 32 pounds. Oh, that's pretty good. For, for a week. Yeah. yeah. And that was about nine pounds of food alone. Wow. So, wow. That's a good bag. I'm pretty happy with the setup I have. And like I said, I am not by any stretch of the imagination light, ultralight. Uh, I have a lot of ultralight stuff, but I still carry a chair. 
uh, we call them luxury items. I carry a chair and a pillow and things like that. And um, you'll pry those out of my cold, dead hands, um, maybe <laughs> literally. Um, when you're on the side of one of the Beartooth Mountains. <laughs> I, I could certainly make my pack lighter, but, you know, damn it, I want my chair, my pillow. I'm an old man. Leave me alone. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having those. Yeah, Mark's no. that guy, he's like, I got to bring my uke with me. And it's like, you were <laughs> in the desert. Like, who are you going to play for? And, and don't, you know, find it's someone. what you make of it. You hike your own hike. If you want to carry a ukulele, you carry that ukulele. Exactly, right? There's nothing <laughs> nicer than a ukulele at the end of the evening. No, I'm not complaining unless it's not. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you. He does the opening to the, to the it's show. Good. good, man. I, I like it. Thank so. you. It's the bare necessities. <laughs> so I was going to ask too, because you talk about gear, you talk about maps, right? And in one of your videos, you come across a map error or mistake. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I tried telling the story on the podcast to Mark once. Yeah. And it didn't really come across. I'm curious. I want to hear more. <laughs> so this is not one of my shining moments in life. Okay. As a professional uh, in the outdoors. So we went on a, a week-long trip this summer uh, in the Bighorn Mountains uh, around the Cloud Peak Wilderness it's called the Solitude Loop Trail. Okay. And it's, a, it's about a 60, 60 to 70 mile loop, depending on who you talk to. Um, and the map that we had for it was made by um, uh, National Geographic. Okay. And all of their maps basically look the same. And they have a picture on the front, but they have that same, that classic National Geographic yellow uh, design and everything. And so we sell them at our store. And so I grabbed one out of the rack and I bought it and I didn't think anything of it. Um, and so we knew ahead of time that the second day on the trail was going to be the navigation challenge um, because it goes to an area that's just not really nice. Um, compared to the rest of the trail, which the rest of the trail was absolutely beautiful. Uh, one of the most beautiful places I've been to, also one of the hardest, and we didn't help ourselves on this day. Um, and we got to a point where we were supposed to, according to my map, split off and head up and then back over we were along this reservoir. Get to that point, nothing. Uh, I had a moving map display that also said that that trail was there, and we thought maybe we'd miss it. We were going back and forth. Uh, we tried going further down a little ways to see if maybe it came in a different spot. We could not find this trail to save our lives. And Jay thought, well, maybe if we continued all the way down to the bottom of the reservoir, we might find something. My map said that there was no nothing beyond there. If you got down there, you, you'd have to go like 40 miles the other direction and then back up in order to get to where we needed to go. And so I said, well, I don't think, you know, we did know that there was another trail back, um, farther back that we had already passed a while ago that we did find that I, I, according to my map, said we would make it to where we needed to go. Uh, so we decided to sit down for lunch and we hashed it out and we agreed that the best course of action was to go back to the trail that we knew was there and take that trail because that was a known way to get it going down the other way to the end of the reservoir was unknown. And according to all the information we thought we had, um, it showed that it, we would have to go way, 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 way out of the way in order to get back to where we need to go. 
So we decided to, to head back. And uh, so we did. And we hit this trail. And then this trail had its own funness because it was uh, a main route for cattle to be moved from higher elevation to lower elevation. This area has cattle involved. And if you've ever been on a cattle trail, they don't stay on the one trail. They go all over the place. And so you end up with this really braided trail and you'll just get off on these braids and um, things will, uh, you know, disappear all of a sudden. So now you, you get lost. So I had to use my moving map display basically to make sure that we were, um, did we lose Zach? Yeah, we did. Uh, I was going to let you keep going and try and get him back. Okay, so we continued on down and eventually found out where we needed to go and, uh, you know, get down a little bit further. And um, it, it was just this crazy nightmare. Um, the, the trail, when we got up at top, wasn't where it was supposed to be. So we didn't know if we were on the right trail. And it went down these crazy switchbacks. And we got down to the bottom. We thought we were going to cross over the lake, the river, which we never did. And we finally found a campsite. We were just haggard. And so we're like, all right, we know where we are. We never got lost. We always knew exactly where we were at. We just didn't know if where we were at was going to get us to where we needed to go. And so we set up camp. And we're like, we'll just tackle this in the morning. So the next day, we continue on down this trail that we is not on my map at all. And uh, we knew that there was another reservoir. And we were headed towards that reservoir. The only thing we didn't know is, are we going to be stuck on the wrong side? Are we going to be able to cross the dam? What all that? Long story short, we make it there. We cross the dam. Everything's fine. We get back to where we need to go. We were never lost, but we definitely took a different route than we should have. And we found that out later that day um, as we were getting ready to head up to Highland Park, which is one of the most beautiful places that we were at on the trail. Uh, the other member of our group decided to pull out his National Geographic map of the Cloud Peak Wilderness. <laughs> and as he's looking at it, he looked at his map and he looked at mine and he goes, hey, the picture on the front is different. Wait, what? Yeah, the picture on the front's different. So I looked it up. My map had the copyright on it from 1997, which is the year before I graduated high school. His map, we had a copyright at 2020. Lo and behold, his map showed that the trail we were looking at no longer existed. The trail we needed was at the bottom of the reservoir. So had we continued down like Jay suggested, we would have found the trail, no problem. Dang. Uh, <laughs> so hindsight being 2020, again, we were never lost, but um, if I would have bothered to check a look at a little bit closer at my map, I would have realized I had an outdated map. Um, and that things had changed so did that uh, add any extra mileage to the trip actually it did not um if anything it did make it slightly shorter but it was a lot more physically challenging section of trail than the one that we would have taken because we basically climbed up to the top of this ridge and then took this just hellacious hike down i know everybody really likes to to complain about hiking up but really physically hiking down or really yeah. steep down is so much harder on your body, especially with a pack on your back. Um, we were just haggard. And uh, Jay really wanted to cross the stream and then camp. Um, and I had to basically be like, we got to just stop. Like we got a good campsite. You know, we don't know when our crossing is going to happen. 
Uh, so yeah, we camped there. It ended up being an uh, okay campsite. There wasn't much of a view. Um, the next morning I was uh, on my way to uh, dig a hole um, to make a morning deposit and got the crap scared out of me by a moose. Oh, uh, so yeah, it was about 20 feet away from me and came blasting out of the bushes. Holy so, cats. Gosh, and th those guys will fight you because they just want oh, I'm, I'm so much more worried about moose than I am bear. 100%. A, bear's, a bear will leave you alone. A moose won't. Yeah, I, the only thing that's ever charged me in the backcountry was a moose. Um, so, Has that happened to you I, multiple times? When was this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I got hash marks in the pack. No, um, the only time I was actually um, charged by a moose, it was actually an odd, you know, we were at a, in a bend and there were people coming up from the bottom and we were coming from the bot, uh, from the down and it was a uh, uh, a female moose and uh, um, uh, a baby um, a calf and uh, she was trying to get away from the other group and just kind of stumbled upon us um, we didn't know that we just saw big moose coming through bushes and my buddy was a little bit ahead of us and just heard him go moose 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 and he's coming right back up towards me <laughs> so um, oh, yeah we pulled the bear spray out on that one I would, yeah. Those yeah. Things, moose are scary creatures. Like people, well, in classic form, the group coming up were a bunch of uh, what we call tourons or tourist morons, completely clueless. So, like, oh yeah, we saw the moose. Isn't it cute? Yeah, sure, it's cute. <laughs> that's one way to put it. So yeah, that was my my map misadventure. Um, yeah. I got a lot of uh, friendly ribbing from my. Uh, fellow uh, hikers and stuff because i made a, a rookie mistake well send my question too is since you work at the store that is selling these outdated maps what what was that what would what'd you do there <laughs> well i went back to check and, and i just managed to get the last of the old edition and <laughs> i know the guy who buys maps and he goes oh i didn't even know they changed <laughs> i was like he played you no he put it out there knew you were going <laughs> <laughs> get it in there he's like he's going to be on this trip i'm going to add 40 miles <laughs> and you know that was one of those moments where i could have very easily just left all of that out of the videos and just you know but uh for me i i, I believe authenticity and believe in yes. authenticity in what i make and I think uh, so many things we see on social media, everybody just does what, you know, it's like perfect and everybody looks like they're an Abercrombie and Fitch model and everything good happens. And, and it's so unauthentic because backpacking sucks. I mean, it's a lot of what we call type two fun. It's fun afterwards, but during it, you're just like, God, this sucks. And yeah. you know, it's so disheartening, I think, for new people because they see all the stuff that gets put out and all these people doing it like perfect. And never having a bad day and everything. And they're like, what am I doing wrong? And so for me, I was like, yeah, I, I, I screwed up. But it's a learning opportunity. You know, it wasn't dangerous. We didn't. But, you know, I, I've been doing this since I've been in my 20s. And I still make dumb mistakes. And I think it's important just to be able to say, yeah, um, it's just something that happens. Um, so, you know, you can either save a little bit of face and, and be unauthentic or be authentic. <laughs> make a joke out of it and that's basically what i did and and it's funny because you know my one of my hardened punters was like man i don't know if you should put that i'm like dude it happened it's part of the story like it helps because it, it it makes you think too like 
maybe I should check my map or, oh, bear spray does expire or just little things like that. I tell people I'm, I'm not actually an expert. I'm just a guy who's made a lot of really dumb mistakes and and lived to tell the tale. (laughs) Another, like if somebody else now thinks, Hey, I should check the, to see if my map's current because this dumbass. <laughs> you're going you're going to get me. I'm going to check my maps. Yeah, <laughs> I really it makes am. You human too when you do that because yeah. you know, everybody does it. Maybe it's not in the backpacking world, but everybody makes silly mistakes. Hey, Hawaii volcanoes made many mistakes on their mileage markers for us. Like, I swear to God, they were. It said like 2.5 miles every sign we got to yeah but it felt like the, t- the distance never changed and what we felt like we hiked a mile <laughs> yeah, like it should say 1.5 now <laughs> just going around it it was actually go straight yeah you're caught in a twilight zone <laughs> the never-ending trail son of a bitch oh i love it i mean we with that i i, I like that you bring up the authenticity because to me when I go to YouTube or go to these different media sites to learn or do a how-to or just to educate myself in a subject, I want to hear the trial in it. You know, I want to watch the car. If I'm going to change something on my car, I want to see the guy do it on the exact, you know, do it this way, do it that way so I can do it. Um, and I totally think that uh, that what you're saying is it's that 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 glamour and and what I don't like about the glamour too is you get a lot of the people who, okay, I hit, I went to old faithful. I went to Lamar Valley. I went to mammoth hot springs and I did Yellowstone. And it's like, yeah, you did. Yellowstone's great. It's for everyone to see and and proud of you, but they'll take those pictures and they will be an Instagram influencer. And you're just like, but did you actually get off the trail and experience the park for what else it has to offer because you're claiming to camp and use these items and do these things. And it's not, it's not quite that authenticity, you know, and no disrespect to the late Gabby Patino, but one of her last seen locations was a hotel. If you're an Instagram influencer and you're getting paid money to be living out of a van, I expect you as a follower to be living out of that van. I get it on trips. You're going to take these breaks and do that. But to me, it's, it, it really kind of, it's scary when you look at the media and you look at the people we follow and trust and the decisions they make. And well, I'm going to do that because this guy's saying do this, but it's like, you really got to find that authenticity. You got to dig. It's more than just the Google search. And, and yeah. we're living in a generation where we Google search it. That's the answer. No if, ands, or buts about it. But yeah, there's yeah. a book yeah. that I read. It was it's called Last Child in the Woods. And he makes a very interesting point. He said, We've raised a generation where if you can't Google it, is it even real? And there's a lot to that. You know, there there you, you your information, you have all this information, but what is the the nitty-gritty of that information? And it's interesting that you brought up that, you know, tra- tragic, tragic ca- case with her. Um, because not only does that have in you know the hotel and, and the authenticity of what she's doing. But in a real world sense, you know, um, you look at a lot of the, the things that were posted and, and, and everything's happy and they're, they're doing this great epic trip and, and everything's lovey-dovey. And, and come to find out it was a tragically toxic 
you know, relationship where I hope they hunt this guy down and find him. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, you, and it, it really, it should make a lot of people think, you know, about what, what are they portraying? You know, what are you portraying? And are you setting people up for, um, you know, even worse failures than getting, you know, momentarily misplaced because you have the wrong date on a map? Um, you know, in that case, it can be very much because people have this false expectation and this false uh, belief of, of what they're seeing as being reality. And, you know, again, like I said, I've had, I talk about my, my mental health struggles and why uh, the backcountry has helped with those. And I've had a few people, even in my family, that say, well, maybe you shouldn't talk about those. And I'm like, but this is a reason why I do these things. And it's an important thing. And more people have them than don't. And, yeah. you know, if we make it seem like, you know, uh, I very easily um, through my channel, make it look like I have my entire life put together and that I do everything perfect and da 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 and the reality is, is it's a miracle I survive half the trips I go on because, you know, things just happen and they, they change. You know, um, one of the earliest when I first start before I even started making my channel, I remember watching a guy and he said all the right things and his video production was top notch. And, and I were watching him and I think, OK, this guy is, you know, he's pretty good. He didn't know what he's doing. And he went on a, a long trip. It was supposed to be three week trip, uh, the through hike of the John Muir Trail. and four days in a trip he just abandons the trip and that happens you know people yeah. get off the trail they bite off more than they can chew um but i was like that you know there wasn't any bad weather there wasn't really any reason for him he wasn't pulling heavy miles i was just like i don't know what you know why is this guy you know if he's done all these things he's it makes it sound like he's done you know he should be able to do at least a week you know but he got off in four days and, and i went back and did a little bit more research and Come to find out, this is the third ever backpacking trip the guy had ever been on. Wow. Oh. And there's nothing wrong with that. People start at all times. But he was portraying it as him being this outdoor professional, you know, guide, all these things. And I'm like, man, if you have only been on your third backpacking trip, make that your channel. Hey, I'm new to backpacking. Come with me on my journey. Don't say, oh, I'm this great, you know, expert. You need to follow my advice because I'm a great expert. And, and in reality, you've only been on a couple backpack trips. Um, personally, I think that, the, that YouTube needs more people who are just starting out. There's a shit ton of us that have been out there that are old, grizzled, you know, grumpy asses that have been on hundreds of backpacking trips. Um, you know, if it were me and I was new, I'd be putting that stuff out there as I learn it. One of my favorite uh, channels um, in recent years was a guy named, uh, was, goes by Second Chance Hiker. And he was hiking the Pacific Crest Trail to lose weight. He started out at like 400 pounds. And, you know, everybody's like, man, I don't know. He did a shit ton of miles on this thing before he ended up getting off on an injury. And he lost a bunch of weight. But he said right from the start, I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been backpacking before. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm rooting for this guy. I want to see this guy do good. I want to see this guy. And he was super authentic. And he's continued to be super authentic. And I think we could use more of that. Um, okay. but as far as I love it. and well I love it and I like what you're saying because I think part of it too it's just that that keep going mentality right where I think we we do get caught up in the likes and the shares and the no one's commenting on my stuff you know and I think the problem is is we we, we live in a society where that's that's that mean that's that, that means something 
Instagram. Yeah, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's a classic saying we probably heard when we were all kids and we, our kids, we tell kids, they'll tell kids too. You can't judge a book by its cover. You know, we've heard a million times and it's the social media is the same way. You hear it, it's not in the backpacking nature world, it's everywhere. It's out there. It's where people are portraying their lives and it's different from what it what's shown on Instagram or Twitter or whatnot. With social media, I like I like what you're saying with the, it, the can't judge a book by its cover because it could be a really pretty shiny cover that you want and it's a shit book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, backpacking is a great unifier, um, but a lot of people out there want to make it like this competitive thing that it's not. Um, there's a lot of really great hikers out there, myself included, who are slightly overweight. We're not, when you think of, you know, world-class hiker or backpacker, you expect this guy to be like long, lean, and mean, you know, all muscle, you know, and it's just not true. You know, at the end of the day, it's just a lot of, uh, uh, it's just walking while carrying shit. There really isn't much more to it. You know? Exactly. Thank you, Wanderers, for checking us out. Uh, make sure that you are hitting that like button, that subscribe button, leaving us a review on the iTunes, on the Spotify's, or wherever that you are checking out this podcast today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Any kind of feedback, uh, we love it. Uh, make sure to check out the YouTube so you can see our uh, beautiful faces instead of just listening to those beautiful voices. But uh, hit the like and subscribe button there, too, to see all of the fun Wandering Way stuff. Yeah, on the YouTube too, make sure to check out those videos like Mark's amazing 30-day road trip where he lived out of the back of a Jeep. And if you want to commemorate it, go ahead and pick yourself up that Wandering Way swag in the Linktree bio, click the swag button. If you're just on YouTube or Google or some sort of thing, go teespring.com slash wanderingways. You'll find us. You'll find socks. You'll find shirts. You'll find whatever you want to put our logo on and you can have it for sure. And maybe you only like one of the Wandering Ways team members here and you want to check out maybe just me personally because obviously I might be the better one. Uh, check me out, Reverend Marcus on the Instagram, on the Twitter. I got some fun stuff there. Hey, and you might be into Jeeps. You could check out my Jeep, the Rougarou. You might be into adventures. Check out Zach of Wandering Ways. Who knows? You can find it all with us at Wandering Ways, the nature podcast. Yeah, let's keep wandering on. Alrighty, it is the time. Uh, it is my favorite segment. I've said this multiple times throughout, but... Uh, it's time we do a little cool shit in nature. Uh, we love it. We find videos, pictures, stuff on the internet of just cool things in nature. Uh, this one was actually sent to me from Zach. So if people don't like it, don't blame me this time. <laughs> but I used to blame Zach anyways. <laughs> I've been trying to tell everybody, but apparently animals attacking animals, like we get bad crap for. So... <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> but anyways, this is this week's cool shit in nature. It's just a, a girl going to her car. And sure enough, there's a black bear in the car. <laughs> I love that she's like, 
close like i'm gonna lock you in bear like lock you in my car i can't say i wouldn't have done the same thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you really it when you're presented with stuff like that i love it she goes oh shit oh shit <laughs> yeah bears out i'm running inside and look at the bear and then he he sits down and starts scratching himself like oh we're good what the hell lady <laughs> just and try to find my car keys he probably has no idea what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're more afraid of a moose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's this hysterical. is that first cool shit in nature. Uh, it's honestly a pretty good one. I love all the apples, too. The yeah, basket right. of apples. I'm surprised a bear didn't just go back and start eating the apples. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Here's the other one. This is a cool kind of rock. That is weird. I I don't wow. Yeah, they call it a, a solodite mineral rock, and it looks like it's straight up just glowing. All right. I for sure it was like a piece of like lava rock or something. Yeah. Like, dude, you could put that down. Yeah, right. I thought the same thing when I saw it too. That is nature is just cool, full of bullshit, man. I exactly. I think that yeah, that's uh, what we've been saying. Has something to do with the light because it we got a whole podcast it. about this. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we have a whole segment showing it off. <laughs> oh man, it's good. It's I real good. Bullshit nature. It is, and that you know that that's where people need to come on the YouTube and watch because sometimes they just hear our exciting voices chirping and chirping in the background. <laughs> Or they can stop over and see the cool shit in nature that you do, Kelman, with the Everyday Backpacker. You know, yeah, I've, I've been pretty uh, pretty excited or pretty happy to see some cool shit. We did see, like I said, we saw several moose on this trip, uh, this week-long trip. The very first night, uh, we camped at a place, and there was a, a bull moose just eating shit out of the lake right in the middle of the lake. Oh, that'd be cool. Taking his head right in the water and pulling out. And then the last day, we had another male or a bull moose. Um, it was just down, eating out of the edge of the lake. So, is this uh, this was that bighorn trip you're talking about, right? Yeah, it was a bighorn trip. Yep. When did yeah. you? When? What time of year did you do this? July, right? We did that in July. Okay. Um, and when we set out, uh, the fires weren't too bad. Uh, the first couple of days we didn't have any smoke, and like a third third day we woke up and we smelled smoke. And of course, it's a little different when you're actually out in the backcountry because we didn't know idea where this fire was, and we're like, um. So when we got up to some high areas, we were looking around to see if it was near us, but fortunately it wasn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was pretty wild. You know, the first night uh, it got down into like the thirties, the upper thirties. Uh, and then during a the day it would get up into the eighties and nineties. And I think the last night we were there, which of course is the only day that I actually got my shoes wet uh, the night before we were crossing a stream and it was like our last stream crossing and we were tired and i was like i think i got this i'm not going to change my shoes halfway <laughs> i fell in the water i was like shit oh. <laughs> so my shoes are completely soaked and they were still soaked the next morning and, the, and there was ice forming on our trekking pole handles and stuff it got down to like almost freezing and that's on the feet yeah nothing worse than putting on a pair of cold wet boot shoes but you know they were dry within a couple of hours, and that in that that last day ended up being some of the most spectacular scenery. And even though the night, the day before, 
Um, so apparently I have a thing that I didn't realize until this trip that I hate putting my tent away wet. <laughs> Don't know why, just a thing. Um, and uh, it had rained the night before and the next morning I was packing everything up and I thought it was supposed to rain all day. It didn't. Um, and I just, you know, it was like that moment where everything just kind of hit the wall and I was like, this sucks. And, you know, tossed my tent on the ground and stomped off and decided that my life was worth nothing. And I was a complete fraud because I can't make it six days in the back country without having a bad shitty day. And here I am telling people to go backpacking on YouTube videos and shit. And, uh, yeah. Again, it's just one of those realities of trips, you know, you spend a few days in the back country and you just, you just get frustrated, but a mile or two down the trail, we all that was forgotten. We ended up having some beautiful last days, and it was a great trip. But yeah, um, full range of emotions. I yeah, no, I get it. I we I've been there. Um, I've almost died. I would say <laughs> Mark would have left me up there. Uh, yeah. He came back. He would have come back, but he would have <laughs> left me to go get out. I feel like Mark's getting the brunt of the shit on this <laughs> video. <laughs> uh. I do. I do. I normally do. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fun. I mean, fun, Zach. I mean, he's the guy that doesn't like doesn't plan. That yeah. will be like it's ten miles, and it end up be like twenty four. Well, yeah, it was like like ten <laughs> one way. Mark, I think you and I would get along on a trail. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, and and, and that's another question I have for you. What do you have this spring? Do you have anything planned in the spring, early summer? Because that's when this guy is only free. I, I don't have anything planned. Um, so, you know, I, I am not a, um, believe it or not, I am not a um, long business planner. We are, we do want to do a trip in um, Connor and, my, and I saw my buddy uh, Hot Pants, uh, his trail name. By the way, I got a trail name over this trip to my, my oh, trail cool now is uh, ghost mule okay <laughs> um ghost mule came about because on the second day of this trip before we got lost uh we were coming down a hill and i swear to god or whatever deity you uh or force you believe in i at the bottom of this hill saw a mule with saddlebags two canvas sided saddlebags on its on its sides and i told those guys like hey we got some pack animals coming up we might want to be prepared in case we got to move out we get to the bottom of this hill, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing, no people, no animals, no tracks, nothing. So like, are they, in your mind, are they hunting and you just didn't see them or like you got to the spot and like you could see for miles and be like, pack animals almost always leave tracks. Okay. Um, too big they're too heavy there wasn't anything new like i've been in, out long enough to know my first thought was maybe they took off but there was no sounds there was no air no way an animal that big could have gone off i can't explain it could it's possible that somebody is really good at hiding or this you know mule just managed to get away from somebody else. I know what I saw, and I also know what we didn't see at the bottom of that hill. Um, and you get your trail name gets bestowed upon you. You don't get to really get to pick your own trail name. It's kind of faux pas. Um, it usually involves some kind of 
dumbass situation that stands out. And so for me, seeing a non-existent mule was enough for Jay, who I feel is one was the one that was qualified to give these trails because he's done the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. His trail name's Phantom because he just kind of shows up and it's <laughs> it's an accurate name. Um, and so he woke up that next morning and bestowed upon me my my ghost mule moniker because they spent the entire day giving me a lot of shit about seeing a ghost mule oh yeah um, and then at the end of that same day uh connor was making a um a, a meal uh and he had it in the ziploc baggie and the top of the bag just exploded for lack of it just broke apart and so all this hot food just spilled all over his legs and so he got bestowed with hot pants. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, the question, I guess, is I have two questions when it comes to uh, what you saw. Is it what if it if it is a creator or, or a spirit trying to communicate you? One, I'm curious, what are they trying to say to you with the pack animal? And two, could this possibly be? An unconfirmed, confirmed sighting of Bigfoot. I was thinking the same. <laughs> so I have been a lover of Bigfoot for most of my life. And um, I don't believe there was any way that this, uh, I would hope, would not be my 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 first experience with Big Harry. Okay. Um, no, it was very clear in my mind. There were bags. They were square. They were canvas, white, with a br with brass buckles. And this was a mule. It was a, clearly a mule. <laughs> in the bighorns. In the bighorns. Now, I don't know if it's to be trusted or not, but Jay did say that um, this particular stretch of trail, a mule died. Um, so could it be a residual haunting, if you will? I have no idea. All I know is I saw at the bottom of the hill <laughs> mule, that the two guys that were with me did not see. I had not taken any mushrooms. <laughs> poked anything i was not dehydrated it was the beginning of the day and yet there is this mule that did and did, this is schrodlinger's mule it existed and it didn't exist i have no, no idea hey i believe you um i i all i gotta say it's if it's a spirit talking to you i got what's the message that's that's my question to it you know, you know <laughs> I, I don't know um you know uh hiker spirit animal you know a pack animal it would be a hiker spirit animal i guess because right. we're carrying the shit ourselves instead of loading it up on something else um you know uh maybe it was a sign that we're doing the right things with our lives i, I don't know um you know that's one way to look at it Maybe um, it's a sign that you need to go do a burrow trip in the Grand Canyon. I have gotten <laughs> a trip. Uh, when I, my very first major backpacking trip, we did film out in New Mexico and the, with the Boy Scouts, and part of it was with some burrows. So maybe it was the ghost of one of those burrows revisiting me. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it existed. Uh, I think I got a pretty good trail name out of it. I'm pretty happy with the trail name Ghost Mule. Like uh, it's it. a fun story. Um, and, uh, you know, we need more uh, lighthearted, uh, you know, silly things in this world. And, you know, if, if that's what it is, then so be it. Um, it's a lot better than dealing with all the other stuff from this year. So I love um, it. Own it. We document so much stuff here on the podcast, you know, from Matt's Bigfoot splash encounter to 
Which is uh, awesome, by the way. To, you're right. And then to uh, Mike's <laughs> Bigfoot encounter and even I know Squatch's. Just very different encounters people have in nature at the cool things. And, I mean, ghost meals. Well, you know, every trip I go on, I don't know if you can see it. The big man goes with me. Oh, there you there go. go. <laughs> Bigfoot. We're always squatching when we're out looking uh, for my boy Big. So, and he could be anywhere. So we always keep an eye out, and that's what keeps us, us going out. <laughs> I love right it. on. I love it. So you were down in the Bighorns. Is this your first time in the Bighorns? Because I have, over the last couple of years, I've, I've gone down, uh, just to just go down to the Bighorns, I went down to the Medicine Wheel. Um, but they are just as immaculate as the Beartooths, I would say. Amazing. And this was the first time I've ever been there. And I, I didn't have really good expectations for some reason. But some of the areas you went to, Highland Park, when we got to the top of Highland Park, I didn't film this, but I literally got emotional. Oh, cool. You know, it was, a, it had been a, a, tr a rough trip to that point. Um, and I, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a deeply spiritual, but th there's, that is sacred ground. Uh, there's just something about it. It's sacred. Um, my buddy Jay has a, a, um, a ritual because like I said, he worked there for 27 years. And his thing is, is he, anytime he enters into that area, he takes his shoes off and he steps into it barefoot. Is he native? Um, he's not. Okay. Um, but uh, he believes in a lot of, of those kind of thought processes. Um, and I even I went after we ate, uh, I took my shoes off and I went out and, and faced the four corners and, um, you know, tried to pay my respects in, in what little lack of knowledge i have but there's something about it that it just immediately you know i remember they were down i had gotten up a little bit heavier and i high, higher before they we had to go around a big snowbank and got up there and immediately i i literally was like oh my god just it, it just it hits you it's so i very rarely have had i've had a lot of experience going oh man it's gorgeous that one, it was a visceral, physical feeling, and I immediately just teared up um, and just cried, um, just because there it was one of those moments. And that place, it, it, there's it, there is sacredness to it. No, I um, I feel that I've I've I've, I've, I've been lucky enough in my life to hit a few of those places um, and have have similar feeling. Like Glacier for me does that. Uh, there's mm. some spots there. Uh, there's a meadow. I actually took Mark there uh, by Chief Mountain that I, I, I reference quite a bit. And it, it's it's one of those places to me where I I don't want to leave. I, 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 I could be here forever and I would be complete. Um, and I get it. I, I get that connection to the land. I get the respect. I get the like... <laughs> we're, we're, we're more... We're, we're, there's just we like to think we're so special sometimes as humans, but really we're not. And we're a part of this thing. And I think those places help us realize that like those, those it's places to me. feel small. Yes. Um, you, 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 not that you feel like you don't belong, but that you are one small part of this whole thing. And um, that was that, that, that place. 
Um, and that was just the one of many places that we came across. Um, you know, the, the going over Geneva pass was absolutely gorgeous. The whole last day, um, going through the area, Missy Moon Lake and going to the base of Bomber Pass and, um, Florence Pass, um, it was, it, I love the videos I made. Uh, they don't do it justice, um, until you see it. And at the end of the trip, you know, even though there were a lot of hardships, um, there were moments where I was ready to give up. Um, at the end of it, it still was one of the most amazing trips I've ever been on. And I would go back in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And so you said it was about 40 to 60 miles. And how, so are you doing about 10 miles a day, kind of? We were averaging 12 to okay. 14 miles a day. So we were going pretty quickly um we had planned for seven days we did it in six okay um you know we could have stayed an extra day but it was only noon by the time we got to where we were planning on camping and it was just like i think we were all ready for a shower and a hot meal um and so we you know powered out and maybe we shouldn't because the last day we ended up doing almost 16 miles um uh, but we were we were moving pretty good yeah 12 Um, miles is pretty good yeah, and, and it was, uh, I think I looked at all trails, and they said that the trail is around 60 miles with almost 10,000 feet of elevation gain total. Yeah. So there's a lot of up and down. Um, you know, the very first day we, we went over a pass, it was 11,000 feet. We started at 7,000. Um, and, yeah, I greatly underestimated some of this trail. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I love the big, the Beartooths, but man the bighorns are not not to be to be uh laughed at they're absolutely gorgeous yeah and and actually with the medicine wheel they say the the earth that it is built on is some of the oldest earth in the rocky mountains and where they have found similar objects like that on top of the rocky mountains all the way from mexico up into canada I believe it. I believe it. Like I said, there, there is something there. There, there is a, a, a sacredness, um, you know, to the point I almost, I felt like I needed to be there, but almost like I was intruding. Really? If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I know this feeling. I like how you mentioned how like, yeah, the video and the pictures are beautiful and everything, but it doesn't do it justice. That's such a theme and why getting outside and stuff is awesome. Going backpacking is so sweet. It's because you get to do it justice. <laughs> well, and I like, I, I like too, because you, you said you, yeah, place, you didn't take a video. And I, and I, I know why, because you, you just, you, it was too good of a place. And there are some of those moments that's like, I'm, I'm keeping this for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, sorry. <laughs> a lot in um highland park um again mainly because it was just um didn't feel right i felt like it was someplace that people should be aware of but they need to come see it for themselves and it it demands a certain level of respect um apparently they were going to make it into a national park at one point and the people in the area said no we, we don't want that we you know um because they they were going to build a road up to it you were going to be able to park right into it and i think that would have been an absolute travesty um because it's it's so surreal and 
almost in a sense, and I don't want to go again too too metaphorical here, but right before we got to the last line, we, we stopped and we heard a, a noise and looked up on the ridge above us and there was a um, female elk on top of the ridge staring down at us. And, you know, it was most likely the, the matriarch of the group or whatever. And clearly there was probably more elk down in the valley that she, you know, and we didn't see them again. But it was almost like, it felt like, almost like the gatekeeper, if you will. Like, almost demanding that we pay attention to where we're about to step. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but that's how I felt. And from that moment on, I felt like I was a guest um, to a place that um, I may or may not be worthy to set foot on. Um, I feel I'm that. Not, not a very spiritual person, but there was a moment where the three of us looking up at that that elk uh, and for whatever, you know, whatever that represented, um, it definitely, I think for me, it, it was it was calling us to a state of reverence. Um, I like that. I, I feel you on that. I, and I, I've told this story before about the eagles. Uh, me, we were hunting one time and these two eagles flew and it was, yes, turn the car off, sit here, don't move, observe, respect, love. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just 100%. I know the yeah. feeling. Well, um, is their I, this is an opportune time for me to be that guy. Yeah, I figured. Sorry. And, and I got to be the guy no, as always. <laughs> so, we're getting to final words. So, that being said, Calvin, since you are our guest, we're going to let you do final words. It's literally anything you want. If you have a poem, you have a story, you have a video, you have something you want to plug, literally anything you want in the final words, and the final words is yours. Um, I think for me, the final words, uh, again, um, I didn't get out as much this year as I wanted to because of the conditions, but the trips I did get out on were amazing, and uh, I pushed through a lot. And when those trips don't go the way that you planned on them or wanted them to go, that's not a bad thing. Um, just be true to yourself, be true to the land that you're visiting and enjoy it. Um, beyond that, um, you know, again, my channel is Everyday Backpacker. Uh, my Instagram is Everyday underscore Backpacker. Send me a DM. I'll send you some stickers. Um, and thanks for having me on again. I really enjoy it. I enjoy talking to you guys every time. Yeah. No, we appreciate it. We really do. Um, and go, yeah, go check out your channel. It is really cool. Like I said, I, I, I'll find myself at work sometimes listening to it in the background. Cause I like, I like listening to, you know, your channel, uh, nature videos. I, I, right now I'm on this, I'm, on, I'm really stuck on the Smithsonian channel. So I'm watching like all these documentaries. Um, so I like just learning in, in, in my free time. Cause I can work, you know, and I feel like that was part of school. I saw a lot of videos and I'm, I'm able to do that. So I, I'm learning, I'm listening to history, I'm typing up my work. And um, I just want to say, I really want to reiterate the point where you talk about the reverence in these places, you know, there's a reason places like Devil's Tower have medicine bundles. And then the national parks comes in and say, hey, this is going to be our first national monument. 
there's a reason Yellowstone has, you know, the, the old lady digging stick, Independence Cap right there in Mammoth Hot Springs, because those places have had that, that nostalgia and that magic about them forever. And the native peoples got that. And, and probably to the point why the park you're talking about wasn't a national park because the locals are saying it's going to ruin the area and it's too great of an area to ruin. Why would we do this? It's so remote. It's beautiful. It's pristine. It's perfect. That elk could have been looking at you because I've never seen a human before. How probably remote and beautiful this place is. And I, I, I take that and I, I challenge our, our listeners when they are in these places to think about what those 100, 200, 500, 1,000 years ago were thinking when they were in that spot. Because when you're in those places, you are having thoughts. And you're not having the, oh, you know, the, the 21st century drama thoughts. You're having the, that rock is big. I want to climb that tree. I want to do that. And then and put yourself in those people's minds that were living in that time. And then when you look back at those places of history and in those locations that are talked about, You'll, you'll, you'll get an understanding and a better understanding and help, you know, you'll help have that reverence and that respect that everyone's wanted going forward. Amen. Amen. Uh, reverence, final words of wisdom. I just want to say thank you again, Calman, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. I loved listening to the stories. I actually literally have written in front of me Highland Park because I want to go do a little research and it's, you made it sound so good and beautiful that I have it written right here. So I remind myself to look into it here after uh, the episode today. Because, uh, hey, it, it, look, you made it sound amazing. Um, but, you know, the other thing I liked and was my main words here is about the journey, enjoying it, right? Things go wrong. That's what makes the story better, though. It's whether it's uh, freezing your tail and you're calling it a day, or if you saw, but maybe saw, but I don't know if you saw a mule. It's all about the story in the end. Um, but yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye. DeAndre.